Okay, good morning everybody. So we're, we're continuing with Achim, with brotherhood. And the, the Pelagites is the following thing. Good advice. Any reason, anything which can cause fighting, take F immediately. Get fixed the issue. If it's if you let let it linger, if it, if it's not uh, addressed, what will happen is uh, it will exacerbate. It will only get worse. And Balzanemar uh, on this David Melach says, shalom Right? Ask, search for peace, and chase after it. This is having peace with anybody. If there is a machlekes, you should pursue it. And uproot it before it's found out. Let me just say what this doesn't mean. It doesn't mean to be a and bring up topics which are just sore topics. You know, like, so, like, I remember once I was in yeshiva, and there's a certain boy who had a little bit uh, of kina. I said to Rosh Hashiva, it was clear to me, kina's jealousy, about some topic that I, I, I had some success at something. And this guy happened to have been, uh, not just with me, but in general, had, was a Tsar Ayin type Jew. You know what Tsar Ayin type Jew is? Jaundiced, narrow minded. So I said to Rosh Hashiva, Rabzal Gapsin Zatzal, should I say anything to him? So now he said, because if you say something, you bring it out to the open. He said, oh, we'll pass. Something's the guy let pass. But the, there are, are certain topics. I mean, whenever you bring up a conversation, if you say, how come you're jealous? You know, and it's, all, it's out in the open, right? So in certain things you need to know, you have to be wise enough to realize to let it pass. It, you know, gamze avor. But other things which you can clearly see are not going to pass are not going to leave, that you better address right away, before it metastasizes, before it spreads, before it gets worse. Um, the the high tigra dami libitka damaya, because a fight, so the, what's the difference between a fight than my case as a shiva? A fight, you had a fight with the person already, you got into an argument, right? So there's no, it, it's already out in the open, there's no secret over there. Or you had some incident. The fact that this bum was a little bit uh, jealous, or had a bad eye towards me or to anyone, he didn't articulate it. It was just like there, it was unarticulated, right? So you, you, didn't, you don't have to say anything right away. It's just his problem. You don't have to make it. Exactly. You know, once you bring it up, then it becomes a whole hullabaloo, right? This is, about, this, this is, this is advice 101 for father-in-laws and daughter-in-laws and son-in-laws and brother like. His brother-in-law is like, you know, someone's a little bit has a bad eye, this way, that way. Don't bring it up. Because once you bring it up, you know, then it's already out there. Then you got to deal with it. If it's a fight already, if there was an incident which you disagreed upon, or, or, or there was some issue which was out in the open, so then you, you need to address it. But to bring it into that point is not always intelligent. And says the Pelayites, the Tigra, is actually a Gemara, it's like a leak. Once you have a leak, what happens if you don't shut the leak? It grows. And then it gets harder and more expensive to fix. And there's damage done. 
So if you let it fester, if you, if you don't deal with it, once it's out of that point, what can happen is, you ever try to fix a fight that's been going on for 20 years? It's much more difficult. It's all kind of emotional damage, and there's a list of grievances for 20 years. She did this, shh, he did this, etc. And even then, when you have some kind of modicum of peace, there's still some damage. There's still some. They're still upset. They still hold a grievance. I remember 18 years ago, 14 years ago, you didn't invite me to this party, or you didn't give me the first keyboard. I think they have a list of. Uh, once you're in a fight, by the way, everything's worse. Everything's you don't overlook anything. You know, in your healthy relationship, you overlook things. In a healthy marriage, you know, people overlook things. In an unhealthy marriage, she left the toothpaste out. Like, you know, I was I was dealing with recently with a divorce, not from San Jose, thank God. They email me, like this crazy emails. She's a thief. Like, like you think what she steal? Millions of dollars. It's like thirty bucks. It was a discussion over who got some kind of thing thief like you know like like, like bold letters like you know Aganev like subject of the email but I, like, you know like one of the like, craziness this is off the wall but uh, when they captured the West Bank of Gaza in 67 should they have annexed it right there without having nipped it in the butt when the wall, I mean it, 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 yeah. to fix it that would have avoided the whole problem if they had annexed it right then and there if you were uh, the premise, would you have done it? Yeah, man, it's really off the wall, to be honest. Uh, let's do this. What was the question? Nips it in the bud. Uh, it, it, but there's no question if they would have nipped it in the bud. And actually, if Danyan and Goldemir didn't stop all the Palestinians from crossing into Jordan, if they would have pushed them all out at that point. And just the next day? Yeah. It would have been, it would have been much, it would have been much more much more solvable. Yeah, yeah but... Uh, yeah, they didn't do it. Hindsight... Young told them yeah, hindsight's a lot different. The ikra ava and the main love of people, uh, and this is why, t- t- going back to your off the wall question, yeah. uh, the Palestinians don't love us no matter what we do. Well, that's true too. I know that that would have still no. But this yeah. is the problem with liberals who the left in Israel. Like they imagine if you just solve the problems, oh, yeah, they're going to be your friend. They sit there and it's saying, kula, like you know, they imagine like if you would just solve the issue, everyone love each other, and it's not true. There's inherent, uh, there's inherent issues, if you theologically believe that the Jews should not be in Israel, whatever the situation is, and you know, other things, So you, the real love of brothers or with people is Ahava Sanefesh. Right? You need to love people. So if you have somebody who you want to, you need to want to love a person. Now, I'm not saying that you can't have. A, when you look at, let's say, Egypt. Yeah. There's no love between Israel and Egypt. You can just look at the Israel, the Egyptian press. Yeah. But there's a there's a workable relationship to some extent. It's a it's a marriage of convenience. So that's not a marriage. It's real politic. Right. What? It's real politic. It's real politic. Exactly. Real pol- So so as long as that real politic is worth it for the Egyptians. So it it's you shake hands while your hands are really shaking. Well, that's probably more Saudi Arabia today. <laughs> so that's why they're friendly to Israel because they're worried about Iran. But but the real this is important. The avas and nefesh is not is very different. Real ava is is uh, an avas and nefesh. Now going back to real brothers, how in the world do you see your sibling? Do you see a relative 
right? Um, and by the way, tzaddikim in Gedolim, they feel this way about all of Klai Yisrael. How in the world do you see that the Giyabusho Chlima Lenefesh Aviv Imovatzargado? You see your brother living, eating pork and pig and desecrating the Shabbos and married to Mary, or who else who knows her, Maria today. Alright? And your, your well. parents and your grandparents are watching this person. How, how, do you, how does it not bother you to the core? Right? Where is your avas? Where is your love of your own family over here? You know, if you saw your brother investing in Bernie Madoff and you knew who Bernie Madoff was, doing something which is improper. Right? He's uh, uh, taking crack cocaine. He's on, on, on today. It's on ecstasy or whatever kind of opioids. Right? You know, try to help him. Just let him drug himself to death. Um, or you see the person your brother used to be 175 pounds now he's 250 pounds and Allah shalach manas it's purim every day if you have enough Lay's potato chips so have a few bags of those a day you have to have a billion bags of those I think you gave 175 pounds Three chips at 160 calories of chip. You know. Only having three. <laughs> right. So you, you see your brother at 350 pounds. You know Shmuel Kamenetsky. He was Rosh Hashiva. When he in a bachar game weight, he literally take the boy over his head. You know you need to lose weight. You look fat. What? Imagine Rosh Hashiva tells you, you look fat. Yes. <laughs> Imagine the rabbi. I bring him to the office. Rabbi, how can I help you? You know. Sh- uh, David, wait, wait, wait. It's the other way around, though. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. What? what if the student would go to the rabbi and tell him, You're not looking so great, rabbi. <laughs> so, there, it's like that's the name of the parents. It's, you, know, you could say it, but you have to say the trailer's covered. You know, Rashwan didn't say, like, but he would tell him flat out, You look, you know, you look bad. Well, you could say, I'm worried about your health. Or... Yeah, I, I was on to the show and I heard them talking about the, about the, the, the Rav, that he was in terrible health and. Who should tell him? <laughs> I was sitting in this show in Brooklyn, over here in this conversation of like three Balabatan, just sitting there having this conversation. You tell him, no, you tell him, no, you tell him. You know, you, you know like, this is how the conversation went, but he's going to get sick. You know, he's an older role. But I don't know. Um, At least they were concerned. That was wonderful. Yeah, it was a little bit irreverent the way they said it, oh, but it, but they were no, they were concerned. Um, but the point is like this: if you care about something, you say something. Right? If you care about your children, if they run across the street and they almost get hit by a car, you tell them. Mm-hmm. If you care about somebody else's kid, if you don't care about it, mm-hmm. right? if the boy's wearing a SWAT stick on his shirt and he runs across the street, well, I don't, I'm on tape. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it would depend. Really, it really would depend. If, if his last name was Himmler, I'd let him run across the street. <laughs> If his last name was Stama kid who didn't know better, I would I would try to much be on him. I'd certainly save him, to say the least. Um, um, but if I knew there'd be Himmler or Hitler, I wouldn't save him. To answer the, the old old, old kind of, if it'd be a kid who didn't know better as a product of his parents, I would save him and try to be much be on him. Um, but the point is like this: Ocean and Isabel, so you would say something. You care about the person. Uh, the, it's your brother how do you not care about your own self it's your own DNA as I said last week 
your parents have a, of, of an embarrassment in Shemayim, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, right? And you should come to a person and tell them, you tell them off. You're a thief. You're doing bad. You're stealing business deals. The guy drives a Ferrari, and he's a Ganov. You know what a Ganov is? He's driving a Ferrari in a nice house, maybe in Beverly Hills, in Hillsboro, and it, you know. And, it, and meanwhile, he's doing shady business deals. People are saying could be some stuck up, but you know what? In Shemayim, his parents, your parents, are, are turning over that their son, their son David, their son Mordechai. Is a thief. You know what that means to be a thief? In this world, you may not get caught. But in Shemayim, they know you're a thief. And you know your brother's a thief. You see him doing all kinds of shady business deals. You've got to tell him, stop being a thief. It's a chilah Hashem. You know? You've got to tell him. You don't realize it. Of course, you have to say it nicely. Do you know what it is for grandparents who wear big yarmulkes in Shemayim? And they say, let me look at my grandson or granddaughter down below. And they see them stealing, making shady deals, making money at the expense of others, turning people off, you know? No, no more pyramid schemes. Mm. Pyramid schemes? No, it could be that you have, you have employees, you don't pay them. It's also, it's, a, it's, a, it's not just a person who eats treif. You could wear a yamaka and be a thief also. It's also a busha to the family. Uh, and Shemayim? It's for sure a bush to the parent family. Uh, you tell your brother nicely. Of course, how do you tell anybody, you know, that they're fat, or that they're a thief, that they're eating shreif with a smile, with care and concern, not with rocks and screaming and, 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 and names, but you got to tell them. Uh, you should come on. This is for if a person is religious or at some level. you got to do what you're supposed to do. Uh, if you really care about a person, if it's really from concern, if it comes from your heart, you can't choose for people. You know, I, I, if you ever, you can never choose for people, but you can give people things they need to hear, and, and sometimes it has to be a very small dose, a very low dose, and sometimes you can amplify the dose depending on the situation. Uh, I remember of David Cohen. Is uh, one of the Chashuv Rabbanim from Brooklyn, New York. It actually happened to be very close to my family, my wife's family in particular. Uh, he, the last he brought Chachrit at my wedding. So I said over, he said he, he's in Chaim, Berlin. David Cohen is in his 80s today, okay? Probably mid 80s to late 80s, but probably mid 80s. Uh, so he said, this is 65 years ago, he had a friend in Chaim, Berlin. Went to college at night and started to date a shiksa. So he went to Rav Hutner and said, What should I do? He said, You've got to do something. You can't watch this guy happen to them. So he went over to this guy. He's got a yeshiva bachar. He's dating a shiksa. He said, How could you? Now, this is, How could you do this to your parents? How could you do this to Hashem? You know, how could you do this to yourself and slap them in the face? Push and slap the guy in the face. So that this guy today, all of his ch- grandchildren are learning in Shiva and Kerlos. Every single one is Bnei Teira, Bnei And the guy, every piece of Dovah Khan says, thank you for that slap. Mm-hmm. Because you slapped me out of it. Imagine the following thing. This guy today, all of his grandchildren are from Teira Jews. If he didn't slap him, 
all of his grandchildren could have been, I don't know what they were, Episcopalians, Catholics. It's just not a joke. Probably not even that. Huh? Probably not even that. Maybe, uh, right, agnostics, agnostic, anti-Israel, for sure anti-Israel. Those are the biggest anti-Israel people where the grandfather was like a religious Jew when he grew up, and now is they're all like secular New York agnostics. Mamish, they would be the ones with BDS. What a difference from a slap. You know why he slapped him? I heard of the Quran say this. Because he loved him. Not because he hated him. He loved him. It, it hurt him. When a parent potches a kid, if it's a healthy balance, and then again, potching is a very rare occurrence. Why does a parent potch a kid? He loved the kid. He cared about the kid. Obviously, it could be abused like everything else. Everyone doses differently. I know the situation. You know, some kids you slap them, they'll never talk to you again. You know? But the point is, it has to come from care. You do something about it. Sit there and you watch it. Like nothing. You're, who do you love? Yourself? You don't want to insult your friend. Imagine. I'm sure plenty of people saw this guy dating a shiksa and did nothing. You know, he said, I don't, want to, I don't want to turn him off. Don't care. Blah, blah, blah. Right? And you know what? It's, this goes back to that leak. You know what happens? There's a certain point you can help a person like that, and after a while, it becomes close to impossible. Because, you know, my friend told me, I mean, years ago, I had a son in Philadelphia, he was a Baltshuva. This guy actually is Baltshuva, married a Gyurus. And he's his friend, who was a conservative Jew. Remember, so this guy, Simcha Pechter, his name was, he was a conservative Jew, became Orthodox. And his friend was a conservative Jew, was dating a non Jew. And he was, knew better. So he, said to, so he said to me, I can't compete. She's in the bedroom with him. <laughs> you know, I'm not as close as I am. She has a little bit more sway than I do. Right? And you know, there's a certain point before it gets physical and intimate, you can, you can you know, influence a person. But after a while, he said, there's no competition here. As close as I am with him, I can't compete. You know? Um, so... The more you can help your brother and your and the children of your brothers, your nephews, your nieces, your relatives, for Torah, or my son Tayfim, that's what you got to do. It's your family. And again, big people, every Jew is their family. Yeah, there is a family. But at least your immediate family. If you see your brothers, could you imagine that when they see an Orthodox Jew get arrested, the Chil Hashem? You watch an Orthodox Jew go to jail, Chil Hashem. Just talking to, to Rabbi Rosenberg, somebody just did a conversion. A bush of a some rabbi, quote unquote rabbi, for, for money. No achray, it's no responsibility. So I just question how to deal with it. But, you know, it's a, it's a chalashem. Why call him? What? Why call him? I was over there in uh, Santa Barbara. One time the rabbi asked me to come over. He said, I cannot invite you for dinner, but you could come for dinner. I said, okay. 300 white column, all of them from jail, invite them to come over there for Put himself a or something like that. So, right. Each one of them I talked to, a few of them I talked to, I was more than two days. They are a stockbroker, highly intelligent people. They are 
CPA, there were all kinds of right. I was shocked and surprised when I saw all of these Jewish people in jail and white collar. Yeah, white collar. Now, yeah, most Jews don't murder and rape. But my point is like this: It's not just a Jew. If you, if you have a brother, sister, a cousin, or or, or, or nephew, niece who eat non-kosher and break shops, that should bother you to the core, and you should do something to the extent you can. But if you have a religious relative who's doing something wrong, same thing, same thing, right? It's not you got to do something about it. You think? You think what? Well, it's not worse because it's hope for the children. If unfortunately. If you're a, a Ganov, at least your children have hope if they're Jewish. If you're not from today, your children and grandchildren will be going. That is the overwhelming statistic, right? So at least if the guy who wears a yarmulke is a bum, the Chil Hashem is probably worse. That's right. But there's, future, there's a future there. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids are in Cheder in yeah. Jewish school. At some level, I'm not, it's like hard to weigh out. It's like one's... Chelev and one's a treif. I'm not weighing out which is you know, they're both treif. I'm not saying which is more treif, but at least one case, the, a, a, the kids are could, by more potential. Somebody, somebody who's not shomer mitzvahs today in the world, there, there's no Jewish future. That's a statistic. I mean, I can you, you all do sociological, sociological, right? You have, uh, you have a, the intermarriage rate, the family rate. That's it. Right, that's that is. We don't live in a, in a Jewish shtetl anymore. It used to be in in Poland. If somebody was not Shomer Shabbos, they always married a Jew, and their kids were Jewish. So you had a next generation to work with. But today in America, and mm-hmm. in, in Russia, if they're not Shomer Mitzvahs, the harsh statistic is eighty, ninety percent of them will be lost. It's a fact. It's machas all over. That's really what it is. What? Especially with public schools. Especially with public universities. That's yeah, that's where it starts. Um, <coughs> so, the Yisabracha, if you do this, if you care enough to say something, to, and again, this, I, most people can't be slapped in the face. Okay? But if David Cohen did that, it was a specific case of a yeshiva student who in the core probably knew he was being sucked by his Yitzhahara. Most people, you need to figure out a nice, gentle way to do something. The best way is if it's religiosity, is to teach them Torah, to offer them to learn, to invite them to your house for Shabbos. You don't have to even say anything. You just invite them for a meal, invite them for a Purim Suda, certainly to daven for them. You know, if they're a thief, they'll know, you know, to figure out how to sit down with them, tell them they're a thief. If they're a person who's diabetic and killing themselves by eating, Figure out what to tell them. But to care enough to do something. And to care about they're your brother and sister. Your grandparents are, 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 are plotting when they see this. What do they think in Shaman? It's their grandchildren. The Abba, the Ima, the Saba, the Safta. What do you say in Persian, Menasha? The Nana? Nanu, Nanu, what are they called? The the mother, the grandmother. Nana? What's your grandmother in Persian? That's the tea. Rabbi, let me think about what you say. Farsi. Nana June. Nana June. The Nana June. Right? Nana June. When, 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 when her grandson is driving around the fancy car in Beverly Hills, but doesn't keep show and kosher. 
or Nana June when she sees her grandson in Beverly Hills, you know, you know, making money illegally, right? Like any Saba or Safta or Baba Azadi. I gotta get some Persian and a Farsi in her also. Uh, your parents will thank you in Shemayim. This is how brothers act, and I'll tell you who will thank you the most. All of our fathers, right? What does he think when he sees you don't care about your, his children, your brothers and sisters? You know, my, my, my wife, if she ever gets this for my kids, is if, she, if they give their friend something, but not their sibling, how do you do that to her? You know? How are you okay for your sibling? And of course, this is by you know, a parent cares. Do you care about your siblings? Kaddish Baruch Hu cares as well. Real love of brothers is to help them. And that's an honor for them. It's an honor for you. It's an honor for your parents and your ancestors. And realize that that's sort of David Cohen. In today's world, it's, you, 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 that slap or that kiss... It's not just them, it's all the future generations.